Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or it's just about afternoon. We're live here in the Town Tech Educational Podcast Studio at Portland High School, and this is going to be our um, school district update. And uh, with us in the studio is our uh, superintendent of schools, Dr. Charles Britton. And uh, hi, Charles. How are you? Hey, Dave. How are you? Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> I guess uh, you've been running around, uh, you know, trying to keep all the balls in the air and uh, go from there. And uh, so... Uh, uh, tell us where we're standing. I think uh, we're still scheduled to, to uh, open on September 1, so uh, tell us where we are. Well, I'll, I'll start by saying I'm, I'm glad we're not standing in on the coast in Texas or Louisiana right now. And, um, boy, I, I, you know, I, I know all of our thoughts are, are with our, our neighbors down um, in Texas and Louisiana as they're staring down the barrel of a hurricane coming in at them. And Boy, the, the, the drumbeat of 2020 just goes on here. I think we are all looking forward to that moment when we can sing Old Lang Syne and, and wish 2020 a not-so-fond farewell, right? Um, so let's hope, hope um, we get through uh, this, this hurricane that is about to affect our, our nation again and, and our thoughts and prayers and hopes go out to um, our neighbors who are, are staring down that barrel. Um, so where are we? We're in, we're in a good place, Dave. I think we're ready. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, so I'm sure anybody who's uh, following the news statewide is, is hearing that some districts are pushing off the delay date. They may have heard <laughs> that you know, teachers associations have requested an additional two weeks. They may have heard that some districts are going um, completely remote, and they are probably hearing that some districts are going completely in person. Um, and some districts are somewhere in the middle, which is, is where we are. The, the good news is, is that here in Portland, we've done the hard work, right? We've, we, are, we are ready to open schools. It will be a very different kind of year to start, um, but we, we're, we're ready to open. Um, I uh, welcomed all of our teachers back for a virtual convocation this week. We've done an enormous amount of training and getting our teachers ready to implement all of the social distancing and procedures and protocols that we need to put in place. Um, just today, as when I'm done with this, I'm going back to we're doing a whole day of PD on uh, supporting the social and emotional uh, mental health needs of our faculty, staff, and students, as this, you know we have all experienced a very traumatic event and still are, frankly, in the middle of a very traumatic event. The good news is that on September 1st, the buses will run students will show up for school and we are ready to welcome them back. Mm -hmm. We have put in place a whole series of protocols um, to help keep students safe. The biggest one, of course, is that on any given day, less than half of our students are gonna be in the building in person. Mm -hmm. So approximately 250 of our students, that's 18 to 20% of our, our youngsters, are going to start the school year in an online school. It's called the Portland Virtual Learning Academy. We hosted two Zoom town hall meetings for Portland Virtual Learning Academy families, and our students on September 1st who have chosen not to return for in-person learning will be afforded an education remotely. We have very talented, highly qualified Portland teachers who will be instructing those students. So that takes about 20% of our students off the top. Okay. The remaining 80% of our students, we've divided into two groups. Cohort A or group A, cohort B or group B. Some schools are calling them uh, blue or red 
but for the most part, it's group one and group two. Mm-hmm. On any uh, given day, um, half of the group one will show up for in-person instruction, while group two is home distance learning two days a week. Mm-hmm. One day a week will be a full distance learning day, and then, of course, the other two days, the groups will switch. So about 40% of our students on any given day are going to be here learning. About 40% are going to be home learning remotely as part of that. And then another 20% are completely virtual online. Mm -hmm. Uh, What that has enabled us to do is open the school year with a very manageable group of students in front of us. On average, let's just do the math, our class sizes average about 20. So take out two students, that's 20%, who will be home completely learning online. That leaves us 18. We divide that in half, we have nine students. So in any given classroom on any given day, we'll have nine students. Mm -hmm. That has put us in a position where we can certainly space those students out up to 10 to 12 feet. It will help us manage the expectations such as wearing a mask, having mask breaks, uh, being aware of who's using the bathroom, limiting the numbers, social distancing, cohorting students. So I think that this hybrid approach has really maximized the opportunity for us to come back together and the opportunity for us to stay together. Sure. It it, it has created the conditions where um, instead of bringing everybody back, which which might um, enable a virus to spread more quickly, we're spreading students out, which enables us to implement all of the health and safety procedures that we need in order to keep kids healthy so we can stay together. And mm-hmm. that's our ultimately our goal. Now, this hybrid model we've committed to from September 1st through October 9th, which is the Columbus Day weekend. The weekend, yes. God willing, uh, by the end of September, things are going to be looking great. We're not going to have any new infections. We're going to have practiced and perfected our procedures. And we'll be prepared to welcome all students back fully after Columbus Day. Okay. But we're holding off on that decision. Sure. Yep. So we can learn, so we can study this, we can watch the infection rates, we can practice our protocols. And that's where I'm hoping we'll go. That said, if things go the other direction, yep. if the virus rears its very ugly head, if the numbers spike, um, if uh, our Chatham Health District starts to inform me that we're looking more like Danbury, that things are going in the wrong direction. We will be prepared to move back to remote learning. I certainly hope that doesn't happen. I hope we're back fully after Columbus Day, um, but we're prepared for for all different types of eventualities. Sure. Now, understanding um, the the hybrid approach. Now, that is in effect basically uh, from K through twelve. Correct. Okay. Yep. So, I, uh, understanding that the, the high school, uh, obviously, we went to block scheduling, so we're right. only going to. Four periods uh, a day, correct? Right. Okay. How does that work in the lower grades? Excellent question. So um, in grades K through 8, um, the students will be in cohorts. So they'll be in the same room. Teachers will be visiting them. We call that teachers on carts. Right? Okay. So yep. teachers will be going to into the room with the same group of nine students. Um, and then the bell rings and period ends instead of the kids pouring into the hallway and going to another classroom. And that teacher will leave with their cart, and another teacher will come in. That's mm-hmm. called cohorting, um, and that will, again, enable us to 
not have lots of students together in the hallways or interacting with each other. They'll only be with small groups of, of um, students, and, and the teachers will rotate. Now, is that going to be the same situation as far as only half the kids are coming on Monday and Tuesday and the other half coming on that? Exactly. Okay. That's, uh, that's K through 8. Okay. I should say pre-K through 8. Pre-K through 8. High school is a different animal. Mm -hmm. right? It is, um, I would say, having been a high school principal for 14 years, impossible to cohort students because Correct. there are so many different courses that the students take that we couldn't have teachers on carts visiting them. Correct. Uh, the program of studies is too wide and student needs are too varied. So what Ms. Lawson and, and her teachers came up with, and I thought it was very creative, um, was, hey, in a normal day when seven or eight periods would meet, we're going to reduce that to four. Right? And, and the purpose of the four, again, is to limit the interactions between students, mm -hmm. limit the number of times during the day when kids are in the hallways, generally as much as possible keep students as uh, contained a as we can. So by going to four periods, the periods are going to increase to about an hour and a half long. Students will only need to change classes three times. And um, also, only half of the, I should say 40%, if you take off the 20% of high school students who are in the virtual learning academy, they're only going to ever be about 180 or so students in the building on a given day, which again will reduce the class sizes and allow us to uh, contain the, the potential spread of a virus. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as um, you said, if, if things look good in up to or after Columbus Day, that there's potential going full on uh, everybody here, um, the, the, the threshold of, of, of staying the course, of staying on the hybrid model, how's that work versus? Excellent. So that's a great question. The, we've, we have received guidelines from our health department. If the number of infections in our county go above 25 per 100,000 people, we would return to remote learning. Right now, we're way, way below that. Mm -hmm. Things look amazing. Like Connecticut is a shining star. Yes, our, 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 our compared to the rest of the country. Yeah, no, we... We are in a, in a really, we've done the hard work. Really. <laughs> and because we've done the hard work, we get to now enjoy the fruits of those labors by having students come back. Um, as a matter of fact, the latest data is available on the high school website. I'm, I've been posting it. it. In the month of August, I saw one new infection in Portland in the month of August. Mm -hmm. Now, that's great. It doesn't mean the virus is gone. Right, right. But it, it shows that we've been doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. We've been you know, not going out to outdoor concerts and, and sure. spending more time at home and wearing our masks and, and, and following the recommendations of the CDC and the Department of Public Health. Sure. So 25 is that magic number. Okay. If that number, if the number of new infections per 100,000 uh, goes above 25, that would be a signal that it's time to shelter in place, go back to remote learning mm -hmm. to continue to redouble efforts to contain any further spread. Right, right. Now, from a standpoint of uh, uh, basically, I mean, a lot of parents are, uh, you see the debate going around the state, you know, as far as some people 
you know, are against wearing masks. Some people are obviously for wearing masks. Now, obviously, the, the, the ground rules here go masks are mandatory. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, a word on that. Masks are mandatory. And, and that is clear. Social distancing, the six feet of space, and masks are what we need to do to fight this virus. Like, that's it. Those are the two big right. things. Um, I have spoken at length with uh, doctors and our health department director, and there are very few, if any, frankly, mm -hmm. medical reasons that a student could not wear a mask. Mm -hmm. um, frankly, our, one of the doctor I spoke with said, if anybody ever presented a doctor's note that said you couldn't wear a mask, I would be questioning whether they had such severe respiratory issues that they should, should be in school, Correct. In general, yeah. you know, yep. putting enough spells at, at risk. So um, masks are of paramount importance. Mm -hmm. that, that and the six feet of social distance that we need to maintain, if we can do that, we will continue to enjoy each other's company and I believe we'll be in person. So that, that is uh, an expectation. Sure. And now, um, you know, concerning, I know you, you – you know, did a, a lot of work sending out surveys to parents. Now, um, you know, concerning the, the busing the kids, uh, I, I, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, a fair amount of parents are going to be driving their kids to school. So that obviously lowers the um, possibility of uh, infections on buses. I, I, I will have to say, I'm, I'm, any parent who or any family that needs transportation, the district will provide it. When we administered the survey, about 65% of our parents said that they could drive their student to, from, or both um, to and from school. Strongly would encourage any parents that are able to drive their kids to school, please drive your kids to school. Okay, yeah. If you can't, that's okay. We'll put you on the bus. But mm -hmm. let's think about it now. By having 20% of our students stay home for the Virtual Learning Academy, by implementing the hybrid, which means we're dividing the remaining 80%, only 40% of our students are showing up on any given day. Mm -hmm. And if 65% of our parents are driving their students to school, our buses are going to have far reduced numbers of students on them, which means that we can spread them out further, which is another outstanding uh, mitigation strategy. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh I mean, typically a, a, a bus holds, I think, what, 50, 54? A little more, I think 55. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So if we can reduce that by, by half, right? that's going to be tremendous. Take 20% off the top of that, divide the rest in half, and then take out 60% because parents are driving home. Our, our buses are going to hopefully look really good. Now, that will depend on the route. And mm -hmm. you know, parents, of course, have the ability to change their mind or wouldn't be able to drive students in every day. All of that's okay, um, but I think our buses are going to be in pretty good shape. Sure, sure. Um, so do you, do you think we're through the woods as far as in relation to, uh, I know the governor's been doing executive orders, and you know that's been coming down from the State Board of Education, and uh, so I think the State Board of Education, I, I think, has been working closely with the governor's office, and I think we're in a place, I think, that uh, everybody feels pretty much comfortable. We've had a couple backslides, and down in Danbury area, uh, as far as that goes, and they're addressing those issues. So, uh, you know, I, I've got to say, um, our governor has, uh, and our, our commissioner of education, 
holy cow, I think I'm making tough calls and in a tough spot. They are in a tough spot. Yeah. You know, and they've absolutely impressed me with the quality of their communication mm-hmm. and their willingness to take feedback and change. Um, so I've learned here in Portland that sure. decisions we make aren't going to make everybody happy. No, mm-hmm. I don't think any decision in life does, right? Um, and I don't know that every parent is necessarily feeling like the hybrid's the best approach. Right. I've had many parents say, full remote is what is the safest option, and that's what you should do, right? And, of course, those parents, in some cases, have chosen the full remote for their families, and I'm, I'm delighted that we're able to offer that. Mm-hmm. Many parents I've heard from have felt that, well, hey, why aren't you opening fully? This, this hybrid thing is, is difficult for me to manage in terms of child care, and I don't believe, based on you know, my reading or looking at what the data of infection says, is, is necessary. So mm-hmm. open fully. Um, so so to, to those parents, I would say I've heard you. I, I understand your, your opinion. I, I appreciate it. And having two children myself, mm-hmm. young kids, empathize with the challenge now of finding daycare. Um, and, and I'm sorry that, that we're in this position and have put you and your family in this position. But um, hopefully it's only until Columbus Day and then we're back fully. Sure. Um, and, and that's what I want. So sure. let us thank you for your flexibility Appreciate the first six weeks of school in this hybrid um, so that we can really study and, and understand what, if what we're doing is effective and how we would need to change, and that if these numbers stay low, we will be back fully soon. Sure. Now, in relation to, uh, you know, the online learning, how, how, does, how is the district uh, set up as far as, uh, uh, do we have an adequate number of devices? Uh, I know uh, you, you read in the news there's a, a severe shortage of laptops in the country as far as that goes. So uh, how do we sit there? Yeah, it's a, that's a really good question. My, my commitment, my promise, is that any family that needs a device and needs regular access to the Internet will have that. We, we, will, we will provide hotspots. We will provide devices to any family that needs one. Eric Martin in our tech is our new director of curriculum instruction and technology. I think we'll have him on a podcast in the future. Um, and our tech department, we have the inventory, we have the um, supplies necessary to make sure that every family is equipped with both a Chromebook and a hotspot if needed. Mm-hmm. Now, many families are fortunate enough that they already have Comcast or internet in their home and already have provided their children desktop or laptop or iPads or computers and may not need them. I think that's the, probably the majority of mm. Portland families. But anybody who needs device or connectivity will receive it from the district. Great, great. Well, that's, that's reassuring as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I think um, overall, I considering, I know you guys have done a phenomenal amount of work in a short amount of time and as far as that goes. And I think you've got... Uh, uh, obviously, a board of education that's fully supportive of, of, of your efforts and the administration's efforts, and I think that uh, you know speak volume uh, as far as in the uh, uh, the cooperation you've been getting, you know, not only with the administration but uh, the faculty as as well as the uh, um, the board of selectmen and so forth. I think that's been uh, I think uh, ev- huge. everybody has been remarkable. Yeah, the, the board of ed, uh, the, the the 
leadership team um, for the town town council, um, Sue Bransfield has been uh, fabulous. I think I think we we've all recognized that this is a, a our first our first thought is for people's health, right? That 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 is that is trumped anything, sure, including convenience and budgets. You know, mm -hmm. our, our first, what do we need to do to keep folks healthy? Sure, that, that is has been everybody's. Um, driving consideration. Sure, I know. Uh, I've been working with Carl this week and 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 uh, basically making the accommodations on the uh, uh, the nurses' rooms and yep. you know so we can get the you know all of the uh, the adequate resources uh, that they need as far as that goes, uh, as well as uh, you know getting to the point of uh, you know getting everybody uh, back open and uh, working it from there. Um, you know, I think from the, uh, also. Uh, uh, we we uh, obviously Mrs. Bransfield we we do the the town podcast every every Thursday uh, and so forth which you've been on and uh, we also usually have uh, Russ Melman who is the Chatham Health Director that gives us the weekly weekly updates as far as what's happening within the district and you know some of the things that uh, you know we should be doing and I think it's great advice and I think we're getting a, a ton of listens you know on the podcast and I think this is. Uh, uh, this podcast uh, should be well well received uh, as far as that goes. So uh, I think uh, what we can do is going forward is, uh, uh, again, yeah, utilize this vehicle as far as keeping uh, parents, students apprised of what's happening uh, within the district and getting Eric Martin on. I yep. think that would be great uh, as far as that goes. The other thing, too, is that uh, we'd probably like to get you on our Portland on the Move TV show so that we can get you uh, in front of the camera and, and uh, you know, that way we can get it on uh, at Comcast over at, uh, at in Cromwell. So uh, to go from there. Um, great. Um, uh, Charles, I, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else? Yeah, that... I want to, there's one, there's one big um, unknown still. I want to talk a little bit about high school sports. Sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know a lot of folks who may be listening are, are curious, are we going to have our fall sports at Portland High School and, and, and the middle school? Oh, not middle school, it doesn't have football, but you know, we have a, a co-op football program with Portland and, and Cromwell. Cromwell, yep. We have boys and girls soccer, and we have uh, boys and girls uh, cross country, and then some of our students are involved in swimming, and, and we partner up with other schools for that. So I know there's some question about what is, is there going to be a fall sports season? Unfortunately, uh, my answer right now is we don't know yet, but I need to tell everybody where I think we're headed. Okay. So... The CIAC is the league, the, the governing body for athletics in mm -hmm. um, the state of Connecticut. Over the summer, they released some guidelines that we were looking at and considering. Okay. In a, while the CIAC is, is making decisions that, that are important for sports, and I understand they're, they're in a tough spot too, we also have an organization in Connecticut called the Connecticut State Department of Public Health. So the, some of the uh, original or initial recommendations that the CIAC put forward, which included starting the football season in August, were, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, countermanded, but right. checked mm -hmm. by some recommendations that came out from the Department of Public Health. So when the um, CIAC made the recommendations and then the, CIA, the Department of Health 
the very next day put out recommendations that said, no, those aren't good. Those aren't ones that we would recommend. The CIC did the right thing and said, all right, everything's on hold. Right? So we're going we're gonna, to um, ask districts to hold off on making any decisions and hold off on starting sports. And that, that's what we've done. Mm -hmm. So what's happened now is that the CIAC is, is in conversation with the Department of Public Health in an effort to clarify what the Department of Public Health expectations are. Mm -hmm. And I think, in some respects, maybe lobby the Department of Public Health to get them to reconsider the recommendations. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think most rational people would look at the Department of Public Health as the group of people with the right credentials to make the recommendation that we would abide. Right. right. My hope is that the CIAC aligns with the Department of Public Health recommendations or potentially convinces the public health to reconsider right. the recommendations. So right now, I think if, if we're in a, a, a thoughtful, logical place, we would defer to the Department of Public Health. What does that mean? No football in the fall. That's where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Unless the Department of Public Health changes the recommendations, football is a high-risk sport right. that they're recommending not to have in the fall, potentially have in the spring or a day after there's an effective cure or treatment for COVID. Football players from Portland, that decision hasn't been made yet, but that's the recommendation from the Department of Public Health. Mm -hmm. For soccer and for cross country the department of public health's recommendation is to wait until two weeks after the start of the school year and see how it's going mm -hmm. right the department of public health has prioritized students being in class and cohorts and recognizes that if our first priority is getting kids back in class do that first make sure that's working well and then start sports mm -hmm. So right now, if asked to make the decision right now, my decision would be not to have football and to wait two weeks from September 1st when we start school before starting soccer and cross country. Sure. Okay. Now, the catch, the caveat is that that decision hasn't been made yet. Mm -hmm. We have a reopening committee. We have an athletic reopening committee. And we're still waiting to hear from the, I guess I would call them negotiations or discussions sure. between the CIAC and the Department of Public Health. As soon as that is done, which I think is going to be this Friday, we'll know more and we'll make a decision. Sure, yeah. I know uh, uh, Chris Sarah has been working with the CIAC folks and, uh, you know, in making those determinations and, uh, you know, uh, monitoring the progress as we, as we go along here. So, yeah, that's one of the things I think that, uh, you know, we're not the only ones that are... Uh, dealing with that so it's it's going to be statewide uh as far as that goes so uh it's, it's going to be interesting to see there um probably what i can do uh you know i we have uh connections with dph i can probably uh query one of our the dph branch chiefs to make it appearance on one of our podcasts coming up yeah, sure. and say hey we'll get them in the, in the conversation as well so it, it, it lead well so all right well fantastic is there anything else i think i think we're we should be all set i think most of the faculty is uh, ready and raring to go raring to go they've been here um uh, monday they're here all week sure and next monday we're doing a ton of prep work and 
and professional development and getting everybody ready. Sure. Uh, September 1's less than a week away now. I am so excited. Exactly. To exactly. see students again. Sure. I, I mean, I can't even tell you. I am bursting. Oh, I, I can't think, wait. To I think see. whether they're in masks or not, I just cannot wait to yeah, see, exactly. see children in our buildings again. Uh, one last thing, Charles. I mean, where um, what is the status going to be on the uh, the meals as far as uh, that? Yep. I'm so glad you asked that. So uh, families in our, our virtual learning academy, m meals are still available to you the same way they were available this spring. So um, pick up at the high school. Uh, I... I, I I wish I'd brought the hours, but we'll get that information sure. out in my back-to-school email that's yep. going out Friday. Mm -hmm. But meals are available to our families in the Virtual Learning Academy. So it's very important, and thank you for letting me get that word out. Sure. Um, of course, lunch will be provided to all of our students who are in person. In K through 8, the lunch will be eaten in classrooms in the cohorts. Mm -hmm. At the high school, Ms. Lawson has been very creative and identified spaces where students can spread out, remain at minimum six feet apart, and have their lunch in hallways and outside and cafeteria. Oh, okay, all right, good. Well, that because uh, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> hey lunch. Well, that's very very important. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, uh, Dr. Britton, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think that wraps up uh, uh, our reopening podcast if you would and uh, more to come and uh, again uh, I think from a standpoint of uh, where we are in in Portland and the Chatham Health District we're in uh, we're in a pretty good place uh, which bodes well for you know getting things back to uh, whatever some sort of normalcy <laughs> is going to appear like uh, but that's uh, to be determined going forward so uh, on behalf of all of us here at uh, the Town Tech Educational Partnership Studio uh, I appreciate you coming on and I think this is going to be I think this is our episode four or five Oh, yeah. that we've so. been doing so uh to go from there more to come and again we'll have to see if we can get you on the uh the portland on the move tv show so on behalf of us all here uh dr charles Britton, myself your host dave kosminski um that wraps it up so please uh as i always end our podcast with stay home stay safe and please wash your hands and wear your masks thank you so much all right. thanks dave This podcast was produced by the Town Tech Educational Partnership Program, which is a partnership between Portland High School and the Portland Town Hall. If you're looking to start a podcast for your business or organization, check out towntech.org forward slash podcast to learn more.